0: Welcome everyone to the 19th episode of POV Crypto. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing?
1: Happy New Year's, David. Episode 19 to start off 2019. Stoked to be here. We got a short episode for you, but uh, some really exciting news coming up. David, you want to talk about some of our awesome shows and guests that we have lined up for, 20, or for January? Yeah, yeah.
0: We are going to be recording with Ryan Sean Adams. Uh, we're going to be talking about the subject of Ether as money. Uh, it's uh, partly a a ether version of Murad's uh, uh, episode with um, pomp. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good episode to illustrate the why Bitcoin is potentially so valuable. Um, and we think that it's worth doing a similar thing for ether. Uh, so me and, and Ryan are going to discuss about ether as commodity money and and seeing what what arguments we can make uh, for a pro-ether as commodity money uh, world. Uh, And then Christian has uh, recruited a Bitcoin guy to come in and tear our episode apart afterwards. And so that will be the second episode of the two-part series.
1: Yeah, so we have Ansel Lindner on Twitter as at Ansel Lindner. He has a great show called Bitcoin and Markets, uh, where he really does an amazing job of breaking down network fundamentals and talking about Bitcoin and then going through kind of current events and giving the, the pro Bitcoin slant to everything. So he's a hardcore Bitcoin maximalist, uh, puts out some really great content out there and think it's going to be a really good juxtaposition, you know, one talking about Ether as money and then talking about the other perspective, whereas why people are skeptical of that.
0: Yeah, and, and we'll touch on a lot of subjects that we've kind of already lightly touched on in previous episodes. We're going to eventually have to talk about proof of stake and proof of work, Uh, So if you uh, want to get primed on that, you can listen to our previous episode, which was specifically about that subject. I
1: think that this is a really good timing for this kind of a topic, just because recently on Twitter, on social media, there has been a ton of just animosity and anger between the ETH community and the BTC community. Um, David and I obviously kind of on two different sides here, but for the most part, we prefer uh, more respectful and educated discussion. So we hope to facilitate that and just keep the information flowing and make sure everyone you know is in the know rather than in their kind of crypto echo chambers and bubbles.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of content around this subject that came out, starting with uh, I'm gonna mess up his name, but Tur Tur I got you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, he's he started this e- criticism of Ether e- Ethereum mega uh, which you know, did not sit well with a bunch of uh, Ethereum people. Uh, and so an equal and opposite uh, mega thread on Twitter got got created in order to counter uh, the first one. Uh, and it just has turned into a, a polarizing event i would say where people are really starting to be you know kind of pushed back into uh only bitcoin or only ethereum uh, attitudes uh and so this is where our pov crypto comes in this is why we do this podcast
1: david how much of this do you think is really tribalism versus really people who are just pissed off about their poor investment decisions oh that's that's a good
0: that's a good question um yeah, there, there maybe is, is there's something there about the fact that we all lost a lot of money in 2018 and we're all just pissed off and upset. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the, the conversation about, the, like, there's a reason why tribalism is so rampant in crypto. And well, that's what happens when you get, like, the ability to identify with a blockchain combined with uh, the potential to make or not make money. Uh, so it's, it's just kind of like this inevitable outcome. And, I mean, for somebody who tries to not, play into tribalism it's fun to watch from the sidelines Um, but at the end of the day like we do need the phase of tribalism to go away
1: ultimately if any of this stuff is going to become money there's not going to be such a thing as like a community around the tokens it's just going to be people using this money so Um, While there always be some sort of a core community uh, around it, not everyone in the world is going to be part of the BTC community or the ETH community. They're just going to be users and people that use the technology and the tools.
0: Vitalik uh, tweeted out a link to an article that I thought was absolutely hilarious. It's called The Definitive Guide to Becoming a Crypto Maximalist and when i read it i totally felt like it was talking exactly about me and you know it's, so I, I i am one of these people that identifies with the way that the this uh, author of this article uh constructed the idea of like you know step one how to become uh, a believer of one project and not a believer in others and so it's it's a it's a pretty funny article it's definitely worth worth reading um Kind of goes into like uh, how you decide to build your worldview world around your your particular blockchain of choice, and how clearly your blockchain is the right one, and all others like are just are incorrect and wrong. And then you start you know absorbing the qualities of the culture that you have uh, have joined, such as like if you're into the Bitcoin world, you start eating a bunch of steak, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so really funny article, like great piece of satire. Uh, and if you read this article and like me feel like it's talking about you maybe it's time to take a step back and see where you fit in the uh, global uh, cryptocurrency ecosystem
1: my general heuristic here is that if i feel like i'm getting triggered by someone else illustrating a different viewpoint than me then i usually try to take a step back and like think to myself why am i getting triggered why am i getting emotional by about this stuff
0: This is something that I really took a lot of value out of uh, an episode from Reese Lindmark on his podcast, Creating a Humanist Blockchain Future. Uh, And I I can't remember what episode it was, but I'll find it and link it in the show notes. But uh, he had a guest on that talked about the best way to approach not even just cryptocurrency, but life in general, is to always try and find ways to prove yourself wrong, because eventually you will always find the whatever is true in the long term. Uh, And so, you know, you you have two potential modes of operating where you believe in your blockchain of choice and then you go and find all the pieces of evidence that prove that your blockchain is the one blockchain. Or you can go out and try and, you know, start finding the right blockchain that, and then use the idea of trying to prove that that blockchain is not going to be the blockchain of the future. And then we can start to really narrow down like the the qualities that are required in a future in the in the future blockchain world and if you try and prove yourself wrong you're much more likely to come to a better conclusion
1: i don't know what you're talking about man hashtag xrp the standard hashtag
0: no doubt <laughs> clearly decentralization is not something that we look for in a blockchain world so we can we can roll that one out Whatever's whatever's decentralized we don't want
1: i just find it hilarious how confident the xrp community is yeah, that's that's what it takes. That's what it takes. It's part of the meme. Hashtag no doubt. Hashtag XRP army. Speaking of centralization,
0: Christian, I've been seeing a lot of people on, on Twitter with a, a handle called something about January 3rd and a bunch of keys. Can you, I didn't really know much about this. Can you tell us the story?
1: Yeah, so the name uh, Jan 3rd Proof of Key uh, is a campaign started by a old school, old school Bitcoiner and cryptocurrency advocate, Trace Mayer and i'll we'll link the video that he did but essentially january 3rd is the 10th anniversary of bitcoin launching and proof of keys is a campaign where everyone who has their keys on an exchange or in cash app or in some sort of custodial services does a bank run on those services to make sure that they're running full reserve services so i think it's a great idea and it's one of the key features of cryptocurrency is that um with these digital bear assets you can custody them yourself. And it is really easy for you to clearly see on the blockchain if those people have those funds. So if before or after January third, if you have any keys on a third party service, uh, you should pull them out to make sure that they are full reserve and that they're not operating any sort of uh, fractional reserve banking or fractional reserve systems.
0: Do you know how much reach that this uh, effort has gone? Because it seems to be like if this if this thing wants to work, it really needs to reach the widest number of people possible. Uh, how, how widespread do you see this thing going?
1: So I would say it is very prolific in like the active Bitcoin community. It didn't seem to resonate as well with non-Bitcoiners per se. But um, in the introduction video where uh, Trace Mayer, Brings it up, he says, "This is for everyone. This is for everyone in the crypto community. We need to hold these third parties accountable. This is a users versus services versus um, third-party exchanges type of a movement. So it doesn't matter if you are a Bitcoiner or whatever. Um, if you have crypto, if you are a coiner, not a no-coiner, uh, you should be a part of this. But definitely, throughout the Bitcoin community, it is it is definitely you know." pretty widespread i think the majority of people that i follow have um either a key or jan 3 proof of key or something like that in their twitter handle um so it's pretty i think it's gonna be pretty exciting and there's already some repercussions from the movement or you know before jan 3rd
0: yeah tell us about that what's going on with uh hit btc is that the exchange
1: so hit btc already it's been one of the sketchier sketchier exchanges it was one of those exchanges that was really listing a bunch of really dubious uh, altcoins and shitcoins um, in 2017 and it was a center for a lot of wash trading and pump and dumps but um, earlier today they actually suspended all withdrawals from the exchange which pretty much illustrates that they are not running a full reserve uh, system and uh, they're concerned about um, their users pulling out all their funds or all the funds that they think they have.
0: Yeah, the fact that this has already been a thing before the date, it's pretty telling. Like I was, when when I first heard about this event, I was like skeptical, thinking like, well, this isn't going to work. But now that an exchange is already showing their cards, that's pretty telling. Um, and so that's that's pretty cool. The, definitely something, a, a pretty good example of the power of community in the world of cryptocurrency.
1: I think uh, no 2 x in the Bitcoin community showed that you can have these grassroots, user-based, social media-based campaigns that are significant. And, you know, I don't know how significant this is going to be, but really what Trace is trying to do is create an annual tradition of holding mm. these thir- third parties accountable mm. every January 3rd, proving your keys, pulling out uh, pulling out your, uh, your funds, and making sure that, you know, all of these services are being accountable and they are doing what they're promising.
0: That's actually, I really like the idea of an anniversary because it's, it's, it's kind of like the wave in a, in a sports stadium where right? it always comes around at the, at, the, at least once per cycle. Uh, and for, especially with uh, new people getting into cryptocurrency, the idea of like, you know, a global uh, adoption of th- cryptocurrency where you need things like that to teach new people about why we're doing this whole thing, like what this revolution is about in the first place. Uh, and so, if every single year on January third, there's like this ceremony of remo- removing all funds from from a centralized exchange or centralized uh, you know custodians, just just for practice, just to to have make sure that you can do it and know how to manage your own funds. There's definitely some value with people like Coinbase and custodians for people who don't want to, you know, manage their own funds and everything. But at the same time, I think it's, it would be nice to have a yearly reminder as to the importance of controlling your own crypto because that's what this whole revolution is about.
1: Yeah, yep, exactly. And again, uh, Trace talks about all of that stuff in his video, which will be linked in the show notes. But um, it's about teaching, you know, new people, How to get a hardware wallet how to get a custodial wallet on their phone whatever get your keys off of a third-party exchange Um, most people in crypto today have not been a part of the mount gox fiasco Um, but never forget proof of keys not your keys not your bitcoin not your crypto speaking
0: of uh being dependent on a uh, like a centralized third party uh one of my favorite authors jordan peterson has been tweeting a lot about bitcoin lately and so there's there's this this running joke about, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson, he's, he's standing on the edge of the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Like, is he going to go in? Like, it was is he going to go down the hole and, and, you know, report back about how he, like, loves this new Bitcoin thing? And so this all started when uh, he, Sam Harris, actually, um, another author, decided to leave Patreon simply because uh, he doesn't want to be under the thumb of, uh, like, a... a he doesn't want his revenue to be dependent on a centralized third party. Uh, and so he wants his revenue to be coming from his community, like just organic donations. And he, the idea is that if it comes from a centralized third party and they decide to like remove him from, uh, from their service, then all of his funding is gone. And so like in, in this world of, you know, triggering and, uh, you know, very, very, uh, volatile politics and people getting upset at basically anything. The idea is that they don't want to be dependent on a centralized third party. And so they're all leaving Patreon and Jordan Peterson, including, and has, he has started talking about cryptocurrency and and Bitcoin. And Jordan Peterson has a huge following. Like, I'm not going to say that it's going to do anything to the price of Bitcoin because a bunch of people, a bunch of Jordan Peterson fans are starting to buy Bitcoin. But it's a very, very big step towards you know, just more people joining the ecosystem. So I'm all for it.
1: This is how Bitcoin works. I've been tweeting a lot about crypto is going to see succeed from either one of two things, if not both, but people get into crypto because they either they need it or they're greedy. It's one of those two things. And that's what fuels this revolution. So, you know, 2017 illustrated the greed aspect of it. And it seems like with all this Patreon stuff, Gab.com getting deplatformed, um, Sam Harris. That is the need factor. People mm-hmm. need uncensorable payments. People need a store of value that their government can't just inflate away. So uh, need or greed, guys. That's how it's going to work.
0: can't remember who or where Wikipedia was getting their funding from, but they were one of the earliest adopters of Bitcoin, like in 2010 or 2011 or something. WikiLeaks. Oh, excuse me, not Wikipedia. WikiLeaks. Thank you, WikiLeaks, the other Wiki. Yeah, they, they started accepting Bitcoin and, you know, they receive, you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars of of worth of Bitcoin. But that was in 2010, 2011. And so their, their hundreds and thousands of dollars that came from organic donations turned into millions and millions of dollars, making them one of the most well-funded uh, uh, whistleblowing campaigns ever. I just think that's so ironic and awesome.
1: I don't think this trend is going to end. The astronomical Uh, wealth uh, redistribution that crypto is creating is going to enable a lot of liberty-focused organizations to continue to operate despite all other things um, really being against their favor. So uh, I think it's going to continue, and I think it's really, really interesting. Uh, On the most recent What Bitcoin Did episode with Marty Bent, um, Marty talked about, and Marty is the host of the great Tales from the Crypt podcast, he thinks that 2019 is going to be the year where we really see if Bitcoin and crypto are going to be a fundamental piece of the geopolitical situation and if they're going to be relevant in geopolitics moving forward. It sounds like things are going to get interesting. It seems like the markets are kind of going down. I got my popcorn out. It seems like there's going to be a lot of pain uh, moving forward, which is sad. But at the same time, you know, this is what crypto and Bitcoin are made for and uh, time for the rubber to meet the road. 2019 is gonna be an exciting year
0: uh Christian what are your
1: big 2019 predictions I mean I'm I'm hoping for less red I'm not exactly saying it's gonna be more green but I'm hoping for a lot less red uh, moving into 20 uh, you know into 2019 um, some themes that I think are gonna be really interesting are seeing what is gonna happen with these hard forks on ethereum um, seeing if any of these Bitcoin forks are gonna actually maintain relevance or if they're gonna just completely fizzle away. Um, watching privacy kind of moving forward. Uh, I think all of those things are really interesting.
0: Yeah, totally. Then to your comment about greed, it's not gonna greed isn't gonna be able to fuel much in 2019. I think, and so blockchains like Bitcoin Gold or Bitcoin Diamond or, you know, Verge or something. There's no more. There's no more money to be made in blockchains like this. Uh, and so I think we're going to see a great cleansing of of. Uh, Cryptocurrency projects and cryptocurrency market caps from different projects uh, just because you know the hype is over and it's been over for a year now and it's not coming back anytime soon and so that's kind of generally where the, the bottom of the market tends to be found but yeah all, all the all the people that we don't really care about in this space are going to be leaving in 2019 and they're going to take the market cap of terrible projects with them so I'm looking forward to that. Do you think that the money is going
1: to flow into quality projects or do you think the money is going to flow out of crypto entirely and we're going to see a, an even greater um, kind of uh, restriction on the the overall market cap and the overall money in the space?
0: Yeah, I think the money is just going to be deleted. It's going to be burned. Uh, it's Maybe people trade it for Bitcoin, but then also they want to cash out of that too. And so they'll sell Bitcoin for dollars just to be able to be done with it. Um, uh, yeah, the... The, if you go to CoinMarketCap and look at the size of the market cap of all cryptocurrencies minus Bitcoin, like we are still up some incredible amount uh, from where we were two years ago. It was about two billion billion two two years ago and now it's like 60, 50 or 60 billion, which is like 30X in two years. So a lot of people have still made a lot of money and I think that there's still a lot left to be deleted. Uh, there are so many projects that I think people are just going to call it quits. Like things like... Uh, uh, what's the GPU mined blockchain? Vertcoin. Vertcoin, like, I don't think people, it's not going to be able to retain its community. People are just going to cash out. And, like, these markets aren't very deep. And so it's not going to take too much cashing out until, like, pretty much they all go to zero.
1: I'm interested to see what happens from a, like, network security perspective. Obviously, you know, these exchanges like Binance and any other one that has a lot of altcoins um, are susceptible to getting 51% attacked. And, having, you know, a deposit of some shitcoin, sale for Bitcoin or Ether, uh, withdrawal of Bitcoin and Ether, and then a reorg. Um, So that's kind of how, or that's the most common attack vector for exchanges. And if that starts happening a lot, you, you know, you could really easily see exchanges just mass delisting anything that does not have significant hash or significant um, security, uh, significant security model securing it.
0: Or, and, or coins that just aren't making them money anymore. Like, if you're if they're making $5 a day off Vertcoin, then, you know, time to clean up.
1: So, really quickly, before we get into our closing statements, what do you kind of see, uh, uh, What what's kind of your predictions or thoughts on um, the recent uprise of uh, fiat-backed stablecoin and then the recent stuff coming out about um, the PAC-standard stablecoin essentially freezing funds and refusing uh, to allow someone to uh get usd for their packs until they answered questions about uh, recent trading activity.
0: Yeah, wow. I I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um the the rise of the stable coins, the stable coin war- wars. Uh I've I've had this uh, analogy given to me where all of the people producing stable coins, it's just like a land grab. They're all trying to get on exchanges, trying to have their stable coin be the trading pair. They're all trying to, you know, get their coin, their their dollar-backed coins as far and wide as possible. And so it's like it's it's like World War Two, and so like it's you know fighting for inches of territory. But meanwhile, all these stable uh, these stablecoin projects have like the nuke that they're creating in the background, and that's their like the the profit motive. And so. For example, Stably, like they, all of their U.S. dollar-backed coins sit in a bank somewhere, and they get interest from it. And so they're going to be selling a security token that represents access to the to the interest of the funds. And so that's like a, a way to incentivize people to use their particular stablecoin. Uh, and so I think we're going to see just more fighting in 2019 of the stablecoin wars. But I, like like you said about Paxos, they're having a centralized stablecoin where there is a burn and reissue function in the Ethereum smart contract. Well, then we're just back to, we're just, we're just into cryptographic dollars. Uh, And so there's nothing really unique about it. Uh, And so that's why I think that everyone should be using DAI, because there isn't a burn and reissue of of DAI there. And DAI doesn't, no one has, MakerDAO isn't like a centralized entity where it's going to come after you and ask you, what did you do with your DAI? Uh, And so the the actual dollar-backed stablecoins, I think, are just not going to be meant for small-time consumers. It's going to be meant for big, big companies who are trying to actually send money uh, internationally, and they actually want dollars there at the end of the day, not just the value of a dollar uh, and so it's just for different people i think but for everyone listening and and people like you and me christian i think if we want to spend send stable value die is the is the product for us pretty much all of these regulated sta- fiat backed
1: stable coins all have smart contract based backdoors um that elite al- allow them to freeze accounts that they deem to be Uh, dubious or for whatever reason they want to question the activity so it's very much like PayPal very much like Venmo anything else where they are monitoring what you are doing and you know what you can uh, what you can or cannot do with that coin you know there is a use case obviously um, and and, you know in in the short or medium term having something that is stable um, does have utility but it's not the same as die it's definitely not the same as tether um even though tether is fiat backed it's not compliant at all um and they don't care what the hell you do with it it's just strictly there to um you know create liquidity and create a tool for traders so it's just gonna inter. it's gonna be interesting seeing these things play out
0: Definitely, definitely. I think, yeah, and stable coins, the subject of stable coins has really been one of the things that has kept me fascinated about cryptocurrency in the latter half of 2018. The surgence of MakerDAO into the forefront of everyone's mind in the Ethereum community uh i've been thoroughly enjoying watching that grow and develop as people understand like why we need stable value on blockchains and so i'm looking forward to watching more of the stablecoin wars uh go out in in 2019
1: cool david do you have any last predictions before we uh before we close out this show
0: so with a price prediction i think it's going to be super flat and it's no one's going to see it coming uh i think everyone's going to s- think that we're going down more and then and then we go down more and then and then people are going to think that we're going to go up and start the bull market and then we're going to go up and then we're going to go down it's going to be a flat 2019 at least i hope because i plan on buying some every paycheck what's the chances
1: that we actually have a, a pretty strong appreciation and bounce this year just based on Things with Patreon and you know things on the need spectrum of adoption rather than the greed spectrum of adoption.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I've always I'm about to say conflicting statements, but uh, I've always said that the bear market that we're currently in will probably be way shorter than all the previous ones, simply because we have so much more features and tools and reasons to use crypto than we ever have before, and with the increased connection on twitter and the internet and people being able to share different share knowledge about cryptocurrency i think that we next bull run will be sooner than previous ones i sure hope so um (laughs) but at the same time here for the long
1: term you know (laughs) as crazy as it sounds is I definitely think I can endure um, another 12 to 18 months um, without really even flinching and just kind of accumulating slowly. So Mm -hmm. I hope the rest of y'all can do the same. But, you know, with that being said, this is not financial advice. Uh, You should not invest anything that you're not willing to completely lose. Don't get wrecked out there.
0: And don't be stupid. That's my piece of uh, 2019 advice.
1: All right, David, I think this is a good little catch up Uh, on the third. So on Bitcoin's birthday, we were recording with... A special guest, a friend of mine at the White Block offices in LA. So uh, look out for that show coming out. And then like David said, uh, we have that special of why Ether is money and then the rebuttal why Ether can't be money. So Get stoked. 2019 is going to be huge for POV crypto. It's going to be huge for crypto in general. And excited to be doing this with y'all and uh, and you know, keep trucking.
0: Definitely. <laughs> and uh, as a nice little story to end on. Uh, we had a little New Year's party yesterday. A little quite hungover today, and so that's why that's why I have a little bit less engagement. But I went around at the end of the night saying, "Hey, can I borrow your phone?" And I started just rating and reviewing POV Crypto. Uh, and so, if if that story has inspired you please rate and review pov crypto because we're pretty serious about how badly we need those it it really means a lot for the future of the podcast so if you could please pull out your phone and go to itunes and give us a review that would be great
1: it seriously takes three seconds i know this because i have done it about 10 times so um our ratings are not fabricated guys it is totally organic. (laughs) itunes i hope you're not listening to this Um, but yeah everyone follow the show on twitter at pov crypto pod follow me on twitter at ck underscore snarks david almost put me with twitter followers so make sure to follow me and not david so that way i can keep my lead going
0: yeah i had a pretty good uh, run on you but yeah you're about five to ten followers ahead of me still so i've, I've been pretty passive we'll see what happens when i uh get, kick back into gear and so if you want to help me in this battle you can follow me at trustless state thanks guys